If you guys would go ahead and take a copy of the Word of God and meet me in Matthew chapter 25, because I feel like that's the assignment that God has laid out for us as we start off not only a new semester, but a brand new year. Are you ready for the Word tonight? Are you ready for the Word tonight? Good. Seven more people are. I really hope that you are because I'm ready to give you the word tonight. And whether you are ready to receive it or not will depend on the level in which you walk out of this place having drawn closer to God. So I do indeed hope that you are ready to receive the word of God tonight because it so works to our benefit when we lean in instead of fade out as we prepare to take in the proclamation of the word. So I'm going to invite you guys now to lean in with me to our text for tonight. And I'm going to read quite a bit just for contextual purposes, but I really want to focus in on one verse at the end. So Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14, Jesus is teaching a crowd of people and he's speaking in a parable to them. A parable is a fancy word for telling a story in other words. So Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. I'm going to read from the NIV tonight. Most of the time I read from the ESV, but I like the way the NIV lays out this story and this account for us. So Matthew 25, verse 14, God's word says this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called to his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. And see, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. And this is where I want us to focus tonight. Verse 29, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. As we sit here gathered together, fresh on the start of a new year, I want to speak to you tonight from the subject of I want more. Everybody say more. And so with that being said, I want to share with you guys that in preparation for this moment, 
tonight. I kind of battled back and forth between several different things that we could have talked about to start off a new semester, to start off a new year. And so in the process of trying to get prepared for this moment, I thought, okay, well, since it's a new year, maybe we could talk about new beginnings. That would be good. If not, maybe since it's a new year, we could talk about new opportunities. New year, new opportunities. I thought that might be good. But then I thought, maybe we could play off of something else. How many of y'all set New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Wow. Real goal-oriented crowd that we have here tonight. Y'all know what resolution is. It's just a goal, right? How many, let me say this. How many of y'all have goals you would like to achieve this year? Okay, there's a few more. More like it. I'm starting to get worried for a little bit. I was like, boy, it really is a lost and depraved generation. Like, we have people with no desire to achieve anything in their life. And so a lot of us set New Year's resolutions. A lot of us have goals that we would like to achieve with the coming New Year. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe we could talk about setting some spiritual resolutions. Maybe that would be a good topic for us to start off with this year. But it was during this thought process that my wife posted something on her Instagram story. I want you to check out this picture real quick. She kind of has a habit on Sunday mornings after our Sunday school lesson to post on her Instagram story just little snippets of the lesson, things that she liked or things that God spoke to her during the lesson that Sunday. And so this one she posted a couple of weeks ago. And I was taking a look at it. And I know there's a lot of stuff on there. And I was reading through the things that she had put on there. But then something in particular, three words in particular, grabbed my eyes and my heart as I was looking at this post. And they're in white at the bottom right hand of the corner. You probably already figured it out by now. It's those three words, I want more. And that just struck me. That she put that on there. And so I began to talk to her about it a little bit, and she began to share with me that was her sole desire for this year. I was like, babe, why do you put that on there? I want more. She said, well, that's just my desire for this year. I have a big, long list of resolutions. I have a big, long list of goals. I just want more of Jesus this year. When she said that, man, God began to move something inside of me. He began to, to stir within my heart, and he eventually led me to a point where I realized I need to be pursuing this same passion with her. I need to be pursuing this, I want more of Jesus as well. And can I just take a moment to, to talk about something completely unrelated to the rest of the message? And I want to speak to the men in the room for a minute. Guys, find you a daggum woman that pushes you towards Jesus like my wife does. I know you're supposed to be the spiritual leader of the household, and we talk about how you're supposed to be the man of the house, you know, and you should be pushing your wife and all that stuff. But let me tell you something. It's hard to lead if you don't have a strong, godly woman pushing you in the back sometime. So thank you, my sweet wife, for honoring God, for following him with a fierce passion. I'm just telling you guys, you want a, you want a great marriage? Find you a woman of God. And I appreciate her heart and her passion for the things of God. And when she said it, it struck me, and God began to mold that into my life. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Hey, I want more. Which then leads us to this point and where we're at tonight. God molded this into a desire, a desire that we want to challenge you and our ministry as a whole with this year. Our anthem in the Mitchell house our anthem that we want to be spoken over this ministry, our anthem that we want to be spoken over your lives in 2020 is to declare, I want more. 
And so Jesus is telling this parable to the crowd of people. And he tells this interesting story about a master who calls together his servants and he begins to distribute some wealth to them. So he calls together three of his servants and you remember the story, remember the details, we'll rehash them a little bit. To one servant he gives five bags. To another servant he gives two bags. And to another servant he gives one bag. And I want to point out this interesting detail for you. It says that he gave to each according to his ability. Now, I think this is important that we understand something right here. God will not place in front of you a responsibility or a calling that he hasn't already given you the giftedness and ability to be successful in. He gave one servant five. He gave another servant two. He gave another servant one. He didn't do that because he thought one servant was more worthy than another one. He did that because he looked into their lives, he saw the measure of their giftedness and their ability, and he distributed it as he saw their opportunity for success in it. So when God shows up with a responsibility for you individually, a calling for you individually, he will not place that in your life if he hasn't already given you the ability and the giftedness to be successful in it. And I'll tell you why that's a good thing. Because as long as you're obedient and faithful to follow what he has placed in front of you, that eliminates failure. And so the master distributes this bags of gold and he takes a trip. He's a hard working man. He's earned some PTO. He's going on a vacation. He was gone for apparently a long time and eventually he shows back up. And I put it to the servants together to settle accounts with them. And the first servant comes back and he says, Look, Master, look at what I've done. I put it to use. What you entrusted to me, I was a good steward of. I put it to use. I've used my talents. I've used my abilities. I've gained you five more bags. He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You my boy. Come and share in your master's happiness. Oh, man, you were faithful over a little. I'm going to give you a lot more. The second servant comes back. He says, look, master, you gave me two bags. I used my talents. I used my abilities. I put it to work. I was a good steward of it. I gained you two more. Well done, good and faithful servant. You're my boy number two. You've been faithful with a little. I'm going to give you a lot more. Come and share my happiness. Then the last servant shows up, and his story is different. He asserts this perception that he had of the master. Can I tell you all something? The way you view your master directly affects how you live for him. This servant had a wrong perception of his master. And instead of going out and putting his giftedness and his abilities and his talents to use, he buried it. And he comes back and says, Master, I perceived you're a harsh man. Man, you go out and you gather seed that you didn't sow. And I was scared. I was intimidated. So I, I buried your money. But here it is. I'm, I'm giving everything back that you gave me. I just didn't make anything extra on it. And he says, you wicked, lazy servant. Give me that bag. Let's go on to my boy number one over here. Now at the end of it, Jesus makes this statement. Whoever has will be given more. And they will have in abundance. And that's exactly what God has been pouring into mine and Ashley's lives here lately. The truth that there is more for us to receive and experience as believers at the hands of Jesus. 
And I'm not talking about more blessings. I'm not talking about I want more gifts. I'm not talking about I want more rewards from heaven. I'm not talking about monetary gain or possessions or anything like that. I'm simply talking about I just want more of Him and Him alone. I don't need all the stuff. I don't need all the possessions. He can, remor- he can reward me if He wants to for my service, but I don't really care about that. I just want Him. To receive and experience more of Him than I ever have before is my anthem for 2020. I want, to be like, I want to be like Paul in Ephesians when he says, I want to know even more the hope that I have been called to and what are the riches of my Savior's glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power. That's the kind of more stuff I'm trying to get to in 2020. And the beauty in this as we look at it is the simple truth that to give more is God's desire. To give more teaching is God's desire. In Jesus' own words, at the end of his teaching, he says, For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. The fact that he illustrates himself giving to his servants, they already had. But he decided to go ahead and give more at the beginning. And the fact that he illustrates himself giving to his servants and then giving more to his servants at the end gives us a glimpse into the heart of God. And within his heart is a desire to give more to those who love and serve him. It's his desire. He desires to give you more. He desires to bring abundance into your life. It's his genuine joy to do it. Jesus takes joy in bringing more into the lives of his sons and daughters. I've experienced this already in a small degree with the birth of our son. We had a baby shower for him, and our, our church blessed us with so many gifts. I mean, we don't, he don't need anything else. Yet as a parent, I already find myself walking in the stores and seeing stuff and thinking, oh, Graham's got to have that. Yep. He don't need any more clothes. He's got more clothes than me and Ashley combined. Yet when we walk into a store and we see something, we're like, yep, Graham's got to have that. And it ain't even just don't need any more. It's his grandparents too. They keep giving him more and more and more. I'm like, he don't need any more. It's bad enough he was born in November when we had the baby shower. Then Christmas came around. Everybody's like, what can we get Graham for Christmas? We're like, nothing. We have an entire Babies Are Us at our house right now. He don't need any more, but it's everybody's genuine pleasure and joy to give gifts to this little son of ours. It's that way in my own life. As his father, it is my genuine joy to give him more than he needs. Where does that come from? Where does that moral compass get lodged in at? I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from heaven. Because our Heavenly Father is like that with His sons and His daughters. It's His genuine joy and desire to pour out more than you even need. So we're giving this picture. Listen, it's crazy. I hope you notice this in the text. The two faithful servants, when they came back, the Master, Jesus, got so happy with what they had done, He told them to come and share in your Master's happiness. So we're given this, we're given this picture of pure joy on Jesus' face. Imagine like, you remember what it was like the first time you ever walked into Chuck E. Cheese as a little kid? It was like this expression of joy on your face like, 
what is this magical place? All these games, all these bells, all these whistles, a ball pit? Are you serious? Then you walk in, and it's the the animatronics, and you're like, I don't like it anymore. It was cool for a minute, but that kind of stuff is weird. I don't want none of that. But we get this picture of joy on Jesus' face as he pours out more into their lives, and this is his desire for us. In an ecstatic sense, Jesus cannot contain his excitement to give more of himself to you. I feel like I can't drive this point home enough. It's his desire. Have you ever desired something? Have you ever wanted something so bad you would do whatever you had to do to attain it? That's the heart of Jesus. That's the heart of our Savior. As he looks down, it's his desire that you experience more of his love, more of his grace, more of his power, more of his presence, more of his glory, more of his goodness, more of his strength. More of his healing as if he hasn't already given enough. I want to give you more. And my mind can't fathom it. I can't understand how a God can be so full of goodness and graciousness and kindness that given his life, everything that he had, sacrificed the throne of heaven to come down here temporarily to cover a multitude of our sins, would go back up there, look back down and say, I still got some more stuff I want to give you. It's overwhelming. But this brings me to my second truth for tonight. And it's so important to understand this as well as a part of the whole. To give more is God's desire. But to receive more is up to you. To give more is God's desire, but to receive more, it's up to you. It is in direct correlation to the desire and attitude of our heart. As well, by the way, as our faithfulness in what we have done with what we have already been given. And this is what God has shown me very, very recently. I'm going to, to try and speak this into your life. I mean, this is fresh. Like, it's, it's you reach in the oven, and it's burning your hands hot. This is how recent it is that he spoke this into my life. It's the fact that what I've learned in this process is that more is contingent or dependent upon movement. More is contingent upon movement. And I want to explain to you what I mean by that. If you want more, you've got to make a move. To receive more requires action. You have got to make a move. And we see this illustrated in Scripture. Just so you guys can be assured of the fact, this is not some fairy dust that I sniffed in my office the other day that led me to coming up with this idea. This is straight from God's Word. I will show it to you. God shows up in the Old Testament, and the Israelites are in Egyptian bondage, and he says, it's time that Pharaoh lets my people go. I'm ready to end their bondage, and I'm going to move them from a place of bondage into this place that I have designated, this whole nice, I mean, like, riverfront, lakefront, beachfront, whatever you want to call it, property that I have for them to move into. We're going to call it the promised land. I mean, it is a land of abundance. It is a land of more. So he shows up and he says, I'm going I'm to move my people out of Egyptian bondage, and I'm taking you to this place called the promised land. 
And it is unlike anything you will ever experience. The land flowing with milk and honey. A land of abundance. A land of more. But here's the thing. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to split the Red Sea so you can cross it. I'm going to take you through the wilderness. I'm going to provide manna from heaven. I'm going to provide water from a rock. Ability lead you to the doorstep of this place that I'm calling the promised land. But it is your responsibility to move in. More is contingent upon movement. I'll give you another example. God shows up to Abraham one day. He says, Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'm going to use you to build a great nation. And through you, all peoples on the earth will be blessed. Y'all know who Abraham is, right? Old Testament, Abraham, you, you feel me? Are we going to have to stand up and sing the song? I hope not. Are we good? Y'all better tell me we're good. We're going to sing Father Abraham. Right now. We're good? All right. Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'm going to bless all peoples through you. But in order for that to happen, I need you and your family to move to a place that I will show you. More is contingent upon movement. You're like, okay, Trey, that's good. But that's all Old Testament stuff. Why are you trying to give us Old Testament stuff? I ain't read maybe four verses in the Old Testament. Give me something real. Give me something sensible. Give me something New Testament. Okay, I'll give you the best example that I know to find in the New Testament. Jesus and his disciples. Jesus shows up on the scene, and one by one, he begins to call out these men. And he says, I, I want you guys to, to, to do something. I want you guys to consider something. I want you to, to leave this life that you know, the only thing you've ever known, I want you to leave that behind because I want to take you on a journey to abundant life. Or in other words, I want to take you to a place of more abundant, more life. But the only way that's going to happen is if you follow me. In other words, you've got to move. You've got to move away from that boat and those nets You've got to move away from that job, from that business profession. That's all you've ever known. And you've got to follow me because I'm going to take you to a place where you can experience abundant life. Life like you've never experienced it before. More is contingent upon movement. And the same was true with these servants in the parable. Move with what you have in order to receive what you don't. Move with what you have in order to receive what you don't. When God told the Israelites to get up and move, they didn't have hardly anything. But he says, if you will get up and move, I will lead you into a place of more. When God showed up and spoke to Abraham and told him to take his family and leave a place that he had known his whole life to go to a land that he would show him he would make a great nation out of him. Abraham, I've got more than you could ever imagine, but y'all are going to have to move first. Jesus shows up and he tells the disciples to follow them. Follow him because I'm going to lead you into abundant life. They didn't have hardly anything. They weren't wealthy businessmen. They didn't have a lot to their name. They were just common folk, just fishermen, just common business people working hard to make a living. Jesus shows up and he says, I know you don't have much, but if you will get up and follow me, I will take you to a place of more. But I also want to add this to my point as well. 
More is contingent upon movement. But I also want to say this, that movement is driven by motivation. And I would even make this argument, without motivation, there is no movement. Now what kind of motivation am I talking about? I'm talking about a motivation to bring glory to Jesus. That's where our motivation has to be in our movement. Because listen, Jesus has no intention of pouring out more on those with no desire to make him known more. Why? Why would Jesus not pour out more on those who have no desire to make him known more? I'll tell you why. Because heaven doesn't get filled by hoarders. Heaven gets filled by heralds. You know what a herald is? Somebody who brings good news. Someone who brings a proclamation. So Jesus isn't going to pour out more on people who are just going to hoard more up. Because heaven doesn't get filled that way. Jesus pours out on more Jesus pours out more on those who are ready to go out and spread out more. The only servant that he was mad at, did you notice the only one that he was mad at was the one who buried the treasure. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but Jesus isn't a fan of shovels. For real. I'm dead serious. Jesus is not a fan of shovels. Why? Because they used to bury things. And Jesus decided a long time ago that his body, his gospel, and his people would not remain buried and hidden. So, if you want more, if you want more, I'm telling you that it's there for the taking. But you've got to make a move. You've got to take action. If you want more healing, let me make a suggestion. Move towards the healer. If you want more strength, move towards the Almighty. If you want more direction in your life, move towards the Waymaker. If you want more peace, move towards the Comforter. And make sure that your movement is driven by a motivation to make His glory and His name known throughout the earth. I don't know about you guys, but I've got this burning passion. I've got this fire set up within my bones that 2020 is going to be a year that I want more because more than ever, I want to make known more that which has called me and saved me and set me apart. More than ever, I want more transformation and restoration. I want more salvation and baptisms. I want more freedom and victory. I want more renewal and healing. I want more chains broken, more strongholds torn down, more addictions overcome. I want more praise in the midst of my struggles. I want more peace while I'm in the storm. I want more passion for His Word. I want more burden for the lost. I just want more of Jesus. Do you? I want you to consider something as we finish up tonight. Remember when the two servants came back that had put their talents and their abilities to use and they had gained a profit. They came back to Jesus and they said, Look, Jesus, you gave me five and I gained five. Jesus, look, you, you gave me two and I gained two. And Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. 
you've been faithful with a little, I'm going to set you over a lot. But it's the, it's the last part of what he said that I want you to consider with me tonight. He says, come and share your master's happiness. What kind of inexpressible, uncontainable joy might we fill our Savior with tonight if we come together and collectively make a move towards Him declaring we want more. Can you imagine? Can you picture it with me? As Jesus sits on the doorway of heaven looking down tonight at this very place and He sees a room full of young men and women who are going to be the next generation to rise up to carry His glory and to carry His gospel throughout the earth as He looks down on this place tonight. As He looks down on you tonight. The very seat that you're in. Imagine how He quivers with excitement. Imagine how He quivers with joy just hoping that somebody will make a move towards Him and say, Jesus, I want more. You want to know what that will be met with? A response of, I've got it for you. I get chills thinking about how excited our Savior gets at the thought of His people coming to Him and saying, I want more of you. What better request could we make? What do we think that He's going to respond with? Tough. That's absurd. We come to a good Father, we come to a loving Savior, and we say, I want more. He'll say, finally, I've got loads and loads and loads ready to give you. You won't ever need any more. What would it look like if a room full of young adults made a collective move towards God tonight, saying, we want more? Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for His glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.